Welcome to Enduring Words with David Guzik, a daily devotional podcast brought to you by Enduring Word. Today we're talking about the Beatitudes, and we want to talk about a good kind of mourning. This is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, the second Beatitude where we read this. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When we make a list of good things, it's not likely that mourning would be high on the list. It probably wouldn't make the list at all. Yet here Jesus, in the beginning of his great Sermon on the Mount, says that there is a particular blessing set aside for those who mourn. These words challenge us as they are translated into our language. In the vocabulary of the ancient Greek text, they're an even greater challenge. There were several different words one might use to describe mourning in that ancient Greek language, but the one used here is especially intense. According to the well-known historical and grammatical scholar William Barclay, quote, the Greek word for to mourn used here is the strongest word for mourning in the Greek language. It is the word which is used for mourning for the dead, for the passionate lament for one who was loved. So what is it that Jesus expects us to so strongly mourn over? No doubt, the answer is found in noticing the progression of these Beatitudes. First, one recognizes their poverty of spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, the previous verse. Then, having recognized our poverty of spirit, we are expected to mourn over it. From this, we understand that Jesus did not speak of a casual sorrow for the consequences of our sin. Rather, he spoke of a deep grief before God over our fallen condition. The weeping is for the low and needy condition of both the individual and for society, but with the awareness that they are low and needy because of sin. Those who mourn actually mourn over sin and its effects. Several years after Jesus said these words, the Apostle Paul spoke with the same idea in describing this mourning as the godly sorrow that produces repentance unto salvation. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. It isn't that the mourning itself is so good, rather the result of it is good. It leads us to repentance and salvation. You see, as Jesus promised, for they shall be comforted, right there in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Those who mourn over their sin and their sinful condition are promised comfort. God allows this grief into our lives as a path not as a destination. He never wants us to be stuck on mourning, but to use it as the pathway to receiving his comfort. Thus far, we have two pearls on a beautiful necklace. First, poverty of spirit, and then the right reaction to that poverty, genuine mourning over our condition. This is the attitude within man that contradicts the 
dispassionate coolness that's attractive to many people in our modern age. This is an attitude that knows how important it is to be right and reconciled with God. It's another way to express the feeling, God, I want you. I need you. Yet it even goes deeper. We can say that those who mourn can know something special about God. They can experience what Paul calls the fellowship of his sufferings, as described in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. They can also experience closeness to the man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. And Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3 tells us that that's Jesus Christ. You see, they can also look for those who mourn and point them to Jesus, thereby finding blessing and comfort even in the midst of mourning. You see, our mourning can be a mourning unto good instead of a mourning unto despair. But we need to bring it before the Lord and let him put his special touch of love and wisdom and providence upon it. God will do that if you bring your mourning to him and do it today. Thanks for listening to Enduring Words with David Guzik. For more information about David's ministry, visit EnduringWord.com.